I started to pray and ask God why I felt that way. And it was because the enemy wants to keep you silent. Greetings, welcome, hey y'all! And to my peeps, sac passe, I'm Herdine Mercier, the proud host of the Redefining Grief podcast. I am a therapist, a grief coach. Um, I just love creating transformational moments through my speaking engagements where people have these pow moments called pearls of wisdom. And then they'll go do the action step to help take their life on a trajectory that they want um, more than anybody else, right? And so I am happy to be your favorite grief advocator. I'm happy to be on the grief mic today. I'm excited about today's episode because she's my Peter P sister. She's my Peter P sister, right? You know, in this life, there are um, great people that literally come together to help make you better. And our guest today is just one of those individuals that makes me better. And I'll get into it in the episode. I think what I want to say now that this episode is sponsored by my free community, the Grief Crusaders on Facebook, the Grief Crusaders on Facebook with her Dean Mercier. Um, And they're sponsoring this episode today. So there you have it. Join the community because we're here to help you. (laughs) I just got to be silly sometimes. I'm having an amazing day. I really am. And so you, I hope you can feel the vibration of my happy soul through the mic. Um, I also want to say, if you're not following me or you haven't checked me out, or if you've been listening for a while and really say, you know what, I want to work with her Dean. She gets that life isn't perfect. And she understands the value of creating a safe space so that individuals can heal to get to their, the next generation of their life, a much better person by dealing with the unresolved heartache, heartbreak, or the unresolved grief. Go check me out at www.herdeanmercier.com. Do not forget, you can also check me out where I love to play in that social media. Don't ever feel like you can't, you can't DM me. You can't tag me and say, hey, I'm listening today. It always makes my heart smile. My love language is words of affirmation. So when I see them, it just like, yes someone's listening. And I love that you're going to get the transformation from that experience. And I do not want to wait any longer. I really want to get into this episode because I strongly believe it's going to benefit you. And this episode is really for those individuals who are saying, I want to connect with God on a much deeper level, but I just don't know how to. I don't know what to say to him. I don't know how what to say, where to say it, when I should say it, how I should say it. And this thing called prayer, it is prayer. And I'm bringing to you my P2P sister, Jaslyn Dennis. Jaslyn Dennis is a professional prayer coach. Yes, it's a real thing. A professional prayer coach, real estate expert, fundraising professional, author, and public speaker. 
She truly believes in living out her life purpose and has chosen to do so in all areas of her life through her personal experience of an adolescent pregnancy and single motherhood. Jasmine has really redefined what that stereotypical life should be of a teenager mom. Along the way, she has built relationships that really became the foundation of her journey to navigating the twists and turns in life. Every journey is different. And in those times when our goals and outcomes need a transformation, we could all use a hilarious, witty, relatable friend that will leave us with hope and help us to redefine our version of ourselves and remind us of who we are. Jasmine is her genuine self in all areas. Her relatability and confidence carries through her work. I've had the pleasure to be in spaces with her and I cannot wait for the day that I can actually hug her and thank her, thank her for everything she has done. I think with her principles of faith, love, inspiration, and integrity, as well as gratitude is why I love this woman so much. I cannot wait for her to come on the Greek mic and drop her pow pow moments, pearls of wisdom. And without further ado, welcome. All right. Welcome, 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 sis. Hello. Thank you. <laughs> now, this Thank is my Peter P sister, Jaslyn. Hey. hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> and so I got to tell you, I. I'm so grateful to you, um, really, because this, you don't know what happened. And so let me, let me let the audience know what happened. I'm sitting home, we get a knock on the door and there's this box from you, queen. There's this box and I open up and it says her Dean's prayer box. And I just... I was in tears before I even oh. opened the box because I was at a season where God was telling me to be still. Mm. And I felt like being still meant, man, what, what about all the time, everything that I've invested, all the time that I've invested. I just graduated from Peter's P. What do you mean be still? What do you mean be still? And I was just in a rut. Mm. And here comes this box that says, the prayer playbook, a 21 day workbook to begin, transform and improve your prayer life. And so this really episode is talking about our fourth pillar, right? Not our fourth mm -hmm. pillar, but our fourth anchor. And it talks about faith anchor, trust mm. without reservation. Mm. Oftentimes we find ourselves wrestling in our faith. The faith anchor allows us to examine those feelings and move forward towards healing. And yes. so I didn't know what to say to God. I was just like, what do you mean? Be still. I don't understand. I'm supposed to be helping individuals who are grieving. That yes. is my jam. That is my journey. What do you mean? Be still. And then the box comes and then you give me the words when I didn't know how to do it myself. I remember crying and texting you immediately. Oh. This came at a perfect time. And I thank you for that. You are so welcome. See, I didn't even know all of that. So yes. I'm, I'm glad. And you yes. know what? 
God does not make mistakes. He is always in on time, in time with his message. Mm-hmm. And it will come in ways that you don't even expect for it to come. And so his no, his not now is not a no. Yeah. yeah. And so that's what we have to realize. And I've been in those seasons. I'm in that season right now where mm-hmm. his not now is not a no. No, it's not. Mm-hmm. And so sis, how did you become the prayer coach? You know, because I have some individuals right now whose hearts are broken and, and they're they're probably making this or or the thought, they have the thought that God is not listening. He has banished, he's disappeared, um, he's turned their back on them. Maybe there's something that they did to have this why me experience. And now, now her dean has this lady talking about she's a prayer coach come on and testify and share with us this journey of becoming the prayer coach. Yeah, it it journey. That is the best word for it, journey. Um, It was not something that I even, I don't think our purpose is ever something that is intentional for us. So this was not intentional for me. Um, It really came from, I was born and raised in the church. My grandparents founded our church in 1952 in their living room with six people. Um, and we've grown to be this great ministry. My grandfather has passed away. My grandmother's 96. And so throughout the years, I've seen people's lives literally be transformed through prayer, literally be transformed through the word of God. And so I never, I I don't ever remember a time in my life where I didn't know who God was, Mm -hmm. never remember a time. And so I, of course, church every Sunday, you go to altar call, you hear people pray. I saw my mom kneel at her bed every night and pray. My father was a minister. And so prayer was not foreign to me, but I never thought I was doing it right. And so I was afraid to pray out loud in front of people. So that was the first, I would say, step towards this journey. Mm-hmm. Um, we were at an altar call and a minister put the microphone in my face and I looked at him like, oh no, sir, that's not what I do. We're not about to, I'm not doing altar call. I'm praying in front of people because I thought my prayers weren't good enough. Mm. And I started to pray and ask God why I felt that way. And it was because the enemy wants to keep you silent. Life and death are in the power of your tongue. And so if I were to start opening my mouth and praying out loud, so many strongholds, would be released when at that time I didn't know, but it was mm-hmm. in my relationship with God that I started to see, okay, that's what he revealed to me. This is why you are afraid to pray out loud. So I was like, oh no, the devil's a whole lot. We're going to get that off me. Um, and so that was my, my first part of my journey. The second part of my journey came where anybody who knows me, my friends are aware of my background in church. Um, not all of my friends are churchgoers. They weren't raised in the church. Some of them still to date don't go to church. They're very religious or spiritual, but church is not their jig. And that's not my business. Um, <laughs> Talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> it's not my business. As long as you know Jesus, we good. Um, and even if you don't know where I stand. Uh-huh. And so um, I had a friend who was in a very rough, rough patch. And she had told me, she called me and asked me to pray for her, which is not uncommon. Um, people call and ask me to pray for them. And I'm never... I'll never tell anybody no, no matter the time of day or night. And so she called me and asked me to pray for her. And I said, no problem. So we prayed. And she said, I just can't, I don't know how to pray. 
And I said, oh, no, that's a that's a lie straight from the pit of hell. And what you're not going to ever say again is that. I said, you do know how to pray. Mm -hmm. I said, because everything you told me for me to go into prayer for you was your prayer. Mm -hmm. Prayer is a conversation. Mm -hmm. Um, It is simply that. And people think I have to talk in the new King James version in order for my prayers to be effective. But no, your prayer is just simply having a conversation with God. And so she's like, if I didn't know this, I wonder how many other people don't. Mm -hmm. And so it became me having in that season, it just seemed like God kept sending people to me who were asking for prayer. And I was giving them tips and tools on how to begin transform or improve their prayer life. And so it just started to flow. And it was like, you're a prayer coach. And I was like, well, what, who, what does I'm, Huh? So that's how we got here. And that's how I got here. Like I was helping <laughs> individuals. I did a retreat yeah. for Patrice, um, uh-huh. our business, our business partners for a mastermind group. And I did it on grief. And I was like, okay. Mm-hmm. And it was a life-changing moment for everybody mm-hmm. in the room. Um, wow. it came so easily for me. And then Patrice was like, you have to speak at our next mastermind retreat. Mm -hmm. And I went same thing experience. And then, but the first retreat, she was like, I know you working on wifidence her encourage. And they were like, but this is your jam. And Mm -hmm. in my head, I was like, who talks about grief? Everybody that talks about it is boring. I'm not boring. I don't know anyone that looks like me. And I really didn't really fully embrace it because I thought it was too easy. Mm. I thought my purpose had to come in this hard way. I had to work yeah. for it. And nah. that just, that was just easy. Mm-hmm. And now I'm in the streets making grief sexy. Hey. I don't know. I don't know what else to say. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah. It's, it, and that's always my prayer is God, what you have for me, mm-hmm. let it come effortless and easy. That is my prayer. Ooh, I love that. I Let love it come that. effortless and easy. I love that. Because and it's I, from you. Yeah, yeah. Some of the prayers in these books, you know, pray wisdom is my favorite word. So I ran to that one. A prayer <laughs> for wisdom, a prayer for forgiveness, a prayer for submission. Um, and just some of those. What was the hardest one you had to write about? Is it forgiveness? Is it wisdom? Is it submission? Is it your business, your family? Which one you kind of struggled with the most or your grief is around with your relationship with God? Mm, My grief in my relationship with God and the hardest one for me to write was the one about your spouse. Mm. And that was the hardest one for me to write um, because, so the prayer in there is a prayer for your current or future husband Mm -hmm. or wife. Mm -hmm. And I struggled with that. Mm -hmm. And I have, this is where my grief even currently to date as we speak lies. Yeah. Because I'm 36. I, I, you know, I'll tell my age. I'm not one of them women who's a little. No, I tell mine's too about that I'm 36 years old Mm -hmm. um and I'm not married I've never been married I have one son who's 16 now and I want more children that's my desire and I believe that's what God has for me and I'm looking at him like so 
So when I just told you my his not now is not always his no, that is where I currently am as we are on this call on February 7th, 2021. Yeah. And it's really because it was hard for me to write that because as I was writing it, I knew that it was something that someone else needed, but it was also what I really needed, but it's what I'm so upset of God for. Mm. Because I've done everything you told me to do. I've walked in my purpose. I have been obedient. I have listened. I have grown. So what is it? What Mm. am I supposed, what else do you want from me? Um, and those are my conversations with God sometimes. Mm-hmm. What else do you want from me? So that was, it was really hard for me to write that because not only did I think it was for someone else, but it was also really for what I needed in that moment. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at the prayer now. It says, a woman's prayer for your future husband, God, my father, my healer, my comforter, my creator, I come to you. How do you go to the father? When you're experiencing the grief of your singleness and what do you do to wait for his response? Um, Because I found myself, I go to God for everything. Mm -hmm. Um, Excitement, joy, anger, sadness, grief. Mm -hmm. Um, I go to him for everything. That's, That's the first thing. So for me to go to him in that time is not unfamiliar for me because I do depend on him in all ways. And that's not to be churchy because, you know, I'm not the. Yeah, I know. I'm not your holy roller, (laughs) you know. (laughs) So but that is that's just my truth is that I literally go to God in all seasons and all feelings and emotions. So it, that, it doesn't make it hard for me because I had to learn that the only way that I can make it through anything is through that. Um. So that's that. The second part is regardless as to what I'm feeling or what my emotions are, Mm -hmm. he is still God. Mm -hmm. He is still all of those things. He is still my father. He is still my provider. He is still my comforter. He is still my healer. He is still my way maker. He is still all of the things that he has promised me he will be, even if I feel like he's not. He is. Mm. And so regardless, even in, in this season of, I don't want to call it in this season of uncertainty, mm-hmm. I still have to reverence who he is. Mm, it's like, when, that. yeah, it's, yeah. it's like, even with our, our own children, you could be mad at me, but I'm still your mama. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That doesn't change. Mm-hmm. And so that's how I approach that is I I still show him honor and respect when I'm not even comfortable with what he's doing. um, When I don't like it, when I still know that God has my best interest at heart. And so I have to trust him. And so my recent prayers have been, God, I trust you and I need you to know that you can trust me. Because if he can trust me, then some of the weight or some of the lessons that I need to have learned are are going to start to manifest. Yeah. So that's where I am right now. I, I love it. I love the wrongness <laughs> of it. I love where you're, 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 um, where you're heading in this whole idea of 
I still got to go to him. You're still my daddy. You my sky daddy. And I mm-hmm. still got to go to you. Um, yeah. But I got to let you know that there's a riff in my heart. And it, yeah. and this goes along the anchors. Like the truth anchor is freedom. Telling the truth about your situation. And for you, it's telling the truth about your singleness and how that is hurting mm-hmm. you, right? Mm-hmm. Then you're in that heart anchor talks about, um, hearts can be restored. That's that this thing, this situation can re be restored and you're going to wait on God. And then the third anchor is that connection anchor power and community. What does it look like in your singleness as far as being in your community and getting the support that you need? That's so important. Um, because I have a mixture of friends. Some of my friends are married. A lot of my friends are married or in committed relationships. I I think I have maybe one or two single friends that are truly single, single, Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) like real life, no man in sight single. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so for all of us, it looks differently. Uh, And I have friends who have been divorced. uh, So and that's one of them who's single, single. She's like, Mm-mm. and it's not on my calendar to happen anytime soon. <laughs> <laughs> I think for me, it's always, like you said, walking in that truth is I walk in my truth at all times. And um, back on my Instagram, I think back in like 2018, I made this post. Um, so I wear this ring on my finger. It's a cross. Mm-hmm. And I wore that ring because it was my reminder that God has promised me that I will be a wife one day. Mm-hmm. And so in that, um, I, I kind of wrote all these things about what my singleness was looking like and what my frustrations had been. And I had so many people reach out to me and say, I never even thought you wanted to be married. I thought you wanted to stay single because I carried it in such a manner that mm-hmm. people never knew. Mm-hmm. And so even my mom, who I talked to 18 times a day, was like, I had no idea because it was something that I hid from. Yeah. I, I hid it. Uh-huh. I made it seem like, oh, I'm okay by myself, um, yeah. even though in my moments, I really was not. And so when I freed myself of that and mm-hmm. I started telling my truth, I started to see people rally around me um, to give me encouragement in this time. And that's mm-hmm. what my community has done is has encouraged me. My community has, um, helped me to really maneuver in this time because I don't, I don't always know. I'm not always able to truly articulate how I feel, but I can say something to one of my girlfriends or a family member or a male friend, and they'll be, because they know me, they're able to pick up on what that truly means. Um, Mm -hmm. or people call at the times when you have those, those, moments of loneliness uh, people will call or text or send flowers it's so many different things that I think God just does not make mistakes on he always sent it's always the ram in the bush mm-hmm. and I mean since last March we're approaching a year now we've been on quarantine and so my <laughs> life has looked completely different um I went into the pandemic in a relationship and very shortly after that ended and this was somebody that I thought like, okay, we are both, we have the same morals, we have the same values, we have um, the same intentions for our future. Uh, 
I, I thought like, okay, this is looking like it can be it. And sure enough, March comes in and when I say it hit the fan and blew up and I was like, oh, okay, all right. So that's not it. So I'm gonna go into quarantine alone. Cool. All right, God, let's do this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What am I supposed to be learning now? And so my yes. community really picked up on that. It's that, what am I supposed to be doing now? I think for me, you're act, you're actively, cause I'm all about action, action, mm-hmm. action. We're mm-hmm. just not gonna emotionally dump in 2021. We're mm-hmm. actually gonna take steps to yeah. heal. And what that steps looks, what that step may look like is putting yourself on the calendar, right? Mm-hmm. And people don't understand that prayer time, that me time, yeah. that connection time with you is so, 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 so powerful. I yeah. often think about, okay, the times where I was down in my dumps and God would really say, okay, spend more time with me. I'll never mm-hmm. forget this. I was really like having my moment with God and for years. And I don't even think at the time my husband knew this, but since I was little, I saw this show having to do with like spiders, right? I'm not even afraid of spiders, but the spider went in this lady's shoe. I'll never forget it. She put on her shoe. It was a deadly spider and she died, right? Ever since then, before I put on my shoes, I checked my shoes for spiders. (laughs) It's just a habit, but I never, I never go, you know, do you have a habit that you do? I never noticed it was a habit Uh until one day I went to pick up, to put on my shoes and I heard my whisper go, if you would just check in on me, if you would just check in with me, like you check in with your shoes, nobody, my husband who knows me. Yeah. Like laying next to me in the bed did not even know. I didn't even know I had that pattern Mm. until I heard him call me out. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And and that's an important thing is so many people feel like God's voice is, it sounds like uh, James Earl Jones. And it does not. (laughs) Father God. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it, it does not sound like Mufasa. No. <laughs> it doesn't. And so you have to be so, once you can identify what his voice sounds like, it becomes so much easier because he says, my sheep know my voice and a stranger mm-hmm. they will not follow. Mm-hmm. And so when you're able to identify what the voice of God sounds like, it's not always easy, but it's, so beneficial to listen to what he says um the other night I was in my mirror and I, I usually pray in my prayer I, I pray anywhere but I try to have my daily time in my prayer closet mm-hmm. and I was just standing in my mirror in my living room I have this big picture mirror and so I was sitting there and I was just praying and I was talking to God and he told me something and I was like I don't want to do that mm-hmm. but I know if I am not obedient mm-hmm. I suffer. And so, but I, because I knew it was him speaking to me, this is something else I want to point out is that, and I don't think I talk about this in the book. So this is some exclusive stuff. Come on. Um, (laughs) This is exclusive. Um, There are three voices that are going to be in your head. And so people oftentimes say, I don't know if I'm hearing God or not. And how I tell people that, you know, you are hearing from God is if the voice that you're hearing 
if you can go back to the word of God and find those words, not exact words, but you can find that because God's voice is always going to align with his word. That's the first step. The second step, because we also know that the enemy is very aware of the word. So you can't always depend strictly on that, but is what you're hearing in love because the enemy doesn't love you. So he's not going to talk to you like he loves you. He's going to tell you the word and he's going to spin it mm-hmm. just like he did with Jesus at the mountaintop. He said, your father will, you know, jump mm-hmm. because your father and that the word does say my father is going to always protect me. He's always going to have me, but he ain't going to tell me to jump. Mm-mm. So knowing the word, knowing that if it's grounded in love and then if it's in authority, because God ain't going to tell you something and then say, but kind of, or almost like he's going to he he's a straight shooter mm-hmm. he don't have to give you no roundabout way so if it's in love if it's in authority and if it's in alignment with the word it's god yeah. anything else is not his voice mm-hmm. that's, that's so your good. thought or that's the enemy speaking to you Come so on the now. fact that you heard that his word says you're supposed to spend time with him his mm-hmm. word says you're supposed to check in with him mm-hmm. it's in the word it's grounded in love and it didn't say when you feel like spending time with me. No, you are supposed to. That's it. That's the authority. You don't what double. Yes. What recommendations for those who are listening and say, okay, Jaslyn, I got you. You're saying pray time. Well, I don't have, I don't have a prayer room. I don't have a prayer wall. I don't, what do I do now? Do I not pray because I don't have these things? What do I do now? You absolutely do. You do what you can when you can. My first prayer space was on my couch. It wasn't until I went through a season of depression that I create. I got all my clothes out of my closet and they now I sit in my breakfast nook because I was like, this is my space for God. I need a space here where I can close the door. Um, and I understand that everyone does not have that capability. Mm-hmm. If it is a corner or if it is your couch, if it's your kitchen table, if it's your car, mm-hmm. wherever it is, create that space for God. Because one, it makes you know, when I come here, this is what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. When you get in your bed, you know what you're going to do when you get in your bed. Mm-hmm. When you go and you go to your bathroom and you get in the shower, you know what you're going to do when you get in the shower. You are not going to go in the shower and eat your dinner because Mm-mm. that is not the space in which it's designed for. Mm-mm. So when you have created a space or an area or something that you know, when I am here, this is what I'm going to do. And it's so funny in my mind, I hadn't even realized. So on my couch, I usually sit on the right-hand side of my couch. Mm-hmm. But when I would have my prayer time, I sat on the left side of my couch. Wow. So for me, I identify if I'm sitting here, this is my time with God. When I'm over here, even though it was still my couch, when I sit on the right side, this is when I'm watching TV, I'm on the phone, I'm scrolling mm-hmm. through Instagram, I'm reading a book. Mm-hmm. This is my my jazzing time. But when I get on that left side of the couch, I've anointed this and I've consecrated this as my time to spend with God. So it even something as simple as that. And still every day do it. I don't get out of my bed without saying, thank you, God. If nothing else, mm-hmm. thank you, God. Yeah. Finding something that I'm grateful for. Finding something that I, I'm appreciative to him for because I woke up. So I know he has a reason for me to be here. Mm-hmm. And your prayers don't always have to be these lengthy prayers. 
It can be, God, where are my keys? Mm-hmm. Lord, protect me. My son and I had this prayer that we would do every morning. That was something that my mom used to pray with me when we got in the car. Mm-hmm. It's a very simple 30-second prayer, mm-hmm. but it's a prayer. And again, it's because it's your conversation with God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Got it. I got it. I love it. You know, um, it's having that relationship with God. And before we get off, I remember when I was doing your intro, I talked about how you really overcame the, the odds of the stereotypical types of being a teenage mom. Let's spend some time in that for those who are listening. My sister's a teenage mom, but then goes on to do amazing things. Um, from now being an author to, um, hosting professional events. Now I want to know that journey. I want to take you back to that journey um, and what that was like with you, with your communication with God about being a teenage mom um, and how you made it through. Sure. So for me in that, um, of course, like I said, I was in church every Sunday Mm -hmm. and so it was taboo and I still didn't care because I knew that God had forgiven me for what I'd done because I wasn't married, mm-hmm. but I had to walk in my truth. Mm-hmm. And the reason I had my son was because I was afraid to get an abortion. I was mm-hmm. scared. I was mm-hmm. terrified. Mm-hmm. And I said, I can't do this. Um, so I'm going to have the baby. Hi, you know, best decision ever. Mm-hmm. because I was so afraid. And so I had my son, um, I was 19 and I was a sophomore in college. And I had people tell me, you're not going to graduate from college. You're going to struggle. You're going to be on county assistance, which at one point I was. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had all these negative things that were just connected with having this child, not being married and being so young. But I said, you know what? Again, that's my business. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> worry about yourself. I'm a mm-hmm. firm believer in worry about yourself. That's all you mm-hmm. got to do is worry about yourself. So I worried about myself. And I don't think that I would be the woman that I am had not I made that decision because I decided I am going to finish school. I'm going to finish school on time. Mm-hmm. I am going to make sure that I provide a life for my son that I don't struggle and he doesn't struggle. And even if there are moments where I am struggling, he will never know. And that is exactly what happened. Um, I graduated one time. I have people that I was in school with who did not graduate, but, and I feel like I would not have had I not had my son. Cause I would have been out living my best life. Um, mm-hmm and hustling on my job or in Miami for Super Bowl Mm -hmm. with everybody else, you know, I would have been distracted, but I couldn't be distracted. So that was the first part. The second part was I knew that everyone has a purpose. And so whatever my son's purpose is, had to be birthed. And at 16, um, he's such a cool kid, you know, like mm-hmm. as he's growing older, I see our relationship blossoming and I see blossoming, sorry. And I see the the type of person he is to his friends. I see his gentleness with my grandmother. Um, and he is my grandmother's favorite person. Mm-hmm. I used to say I was her favorite for years, but he is my grandmother's favorite person in the whole wide world and all mm-hmm. of her life. Um, 
And so those are the things that God doesn't always show you the full picture. He doesn't always show you what the road will look like. Um, I ended up going back and getting my master's degree. There's less than 1% of women who are mothers in their teenage years who go back to get graduate degrees. I'm one of that. I, I'm that part of that statistic. And I'm honored to say that less than 1%. Mm -hmm. Like less, that's such a small number. Yeah. Um, and so for me, it was always to show people that being a, a teenage mother, being a single mother, being a young mother does not prevent you from moving forward in all that God has called you to be. I had my baby on my hip in class. Um, I had babysitters. I say he was a community child. He is truly the village baby because mm -hmm. if I had school, somebody was watching him. I still was working, but he was there. I say we both should have degrees because he attended <laughs> as many classes as I did. <laughs> Seriously. Um, I love but I was it. determined to do it. And because of that, he now understands the value of education. Yeah. He understands the value of hard work. Mm -hmm. He understands that he knows that you cannot make excuses because I did not. He still was in baseball and karate and chess uh, class and is an honor roll student. So I am on him and just as hard as on him as I am on myself, but with love. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's, for me, anything you go through is not for you. It's for somebody else. Yeah. 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 That's so true. And I'm so glad, sis, that you pushed through. I'm so glad that you, de you decided. Mm -hmm. And I tell individuals all the times, yes, there's things that happens to us that shake us up to our core, but you can decide to change the story. You mm -hmm. still have the power. You still have the pen to write yes. a different ending for yourself. Yes, you do. And you so do. thank you for being that example of what writing the end of your story can still look like. And, mm -hmm. and let me tell you, sis, you're still writing. Oh, yes. You're still writing. <laughs> this is yes. a daily thing. Um, but you are committed to you telling your story from your point of view. And mm -hmm. I love and adore you for that. And I say, no, that your story does not look like anyone else's. Yeah. It can have similarities, but it's not going to look like anyone else's. Um, yeah. I can give you the recipe mm -hmm. to the tea cakes I learned how to make from my aunt who learned from my grandmother. Mm -hmm. But I still don't, my, I have the exact recipe. I don't make them like my auntie makes them because I don't have the same I, I whisk my butter a little bit different or mm -hmm. my oven sits a little different. Mm -hmm. Same recipe, different cookie. Yeah. It's still good, but it's a different cookie. Yeah. And so you can have the same recipe of someone's life, but it's going to look different. Yes. This and so be aware of that. Be aware that you don't have to do or look like anybody else because mm -hmm. that's not who you are. So be your authentic self and everything. Um, and that's what I try to provide in everything that I do. I try to be authentic. I try to be transparent. Um, I try to, I'm learning to be more vulnerable in that yeah. and to identify what that means for me, because that is where other people's healing truly comes. And we are not here just to benefit and gain for ourselves. We are here to benefit and gain for others Come on. and to help others. Come on. And so everything that I do, um, is always, uh, uh, how can someone learn from this or who mm -hmm. can I help from this? Yeah. And so that's what I've learned. Everything that I've gone through has been for somebody else to realize that they can overcome. 
And so it doesn't say that trials won't come. It doesn't say that you won't have grief. It doesn't say that you won't have moments of sadness or anger Mm -hmm. or defeat, but it says that God will always be with you in those moments. And so learn from whatever that is. That's so true because oftentimes grievers believe that they are alone and society has taught us from a very young age, you know, go cry in your room, what you're crying for, those types of things. So you find when you're going through those moments of heartaches, you don't want to even reach out to God Mm -hmm. because you feel like he doesn't want you to experience those. But I strongly believe that every tear has a lesson if you're willing to be determined to find what that lesson is. Um, Jaslyn, before I let you go, um, here are some redefining grief, pearls of wisdom questions. Number one, what have you learned about yourself since redefining your grief journey? That I have more power through God than I thought I would have. That he has made, he's given me so much power um, in my life power over my words, power over where I go, power over how I can impact people's lives. Um, And so once I was able to redefine my grief, I learned that because there is power in my grief. Good, like lessons to be learned. Um, The second question that I have for you, if there, if today was your last day on earth and you had five words or less, what would that be? Now, look, now I'm counting my fingers. <laughs> I hope I did well. I'm counting too. Good job. I hope or I, I know did. I did. I know I did well. I know I did. That's a better well. one. I know yeah. I did well. I know I did well. I like that. I know I did well. The third one is I love to sing. I think I sound like Whitney. Mm. (laughs) What song has gotten you through some of your dark days? Oh, there are so many. Um, I would say my favorite, I have to choose one. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) like I have to choose one. Because, you know, again, I let's go with two then. Let's go with two because I see your face. I see your face. You are so kind. (laughs) You know, that is the grace that you are giving me because you see, I can't choose. And I, and let me tell you why it's hard for me to choose is because I, one is a gospel song and one is not. Okay. And I always try to create a balance because I don't want people to think that I don't like that churchy, churchy, Uh holy roller. Yeah. Uh, yeah it it bothers me and so the first one is my church song which is for every mountain by Kirk Carr I love that song every mountain yes for every mountain you have brought me over for this I give you praise Mm -hmm. um I love that song that song ministers to me at any time good times bad times sad times all the time that Mm -hmm. song always ministers to my heart so that song but the other song is a song that my mother used to sing to me every night. And it's Anita Baker, You're My Angel. Mm. And so that song always sets a tone or grounds me because I know that I'm an angel. 
and I have to, it, it, it just does something in my spirit. And so that's the other song that those two songs will always keep me grounded. I like. Mm-hmm. I like. Yeah. So thank you for allowing me to have two. <laughs> <laughs> you are so welcome. You are so welcome. I really do. I know this um, episode is really going to bless individuals right now that are like, I'm so far in my despair that I don't even know where to begin. And if you can just say, God, help me and keep saying it, I strongly believe that that prayer will be heard, not only just heard, but answered. So keep the faith. Thank you so much, Jazz. You're so welcome. Thank you. This is such an honor. As I stated when we first started, I appreciate you. You're so welcome, love. You're so welcome. Love you all. Many blessings. <laughs> many, many blessings. <laughs> many blessings. Grief Crusaders, didn't I tell you that episode with my girl, Jazz Lynn Denise, was going to be amazing? So amazing. I'm so honored she agreed to sit down with me and talk to the Grief Crusaders community. I am super stoked and I hope that you pull away from this one line in day nine of Prayer for God directed decision. Lord, it is my desire to be in total alignment with your will for my life. Those are Jaslyn's first line of prayer day number five, of number nine. You do not want to miss out. This book will be in the show notes. You can buy the prayer playbook, I believe, on Amazon. You can visit her website and get the prayer playbook. You all. Don't, if you feel like you need support in this area, please contact my girl. She's genuine, she's upfront, and she is ready to serve you in a major way. With that being said, don't forget to check us out on the Grief Crusaders community. Tag me in the episode. Let me know. Don't ever be afraid to get in my DM and tell me or ask me any questions. I love this community and I just want you to win. I want you to decide to win. Bye-bye. You don't you be discouraged, you, you will overcome this, you are stronger than you think, hold your head up high, I'll be your guide, there is strength. And courage in your story There is healing for the broken There is restoration too There is safety and I'll be the one to guide you I'm redefining grief, yeah I'm redefining grief, I'm redefining grief.